last month saw us explore the boundary between Nottingham and Lincoln. This month, the trails of the Otherwood lead us directly into Lincoln. Sacred and holy sites often have their own mythology, their own legends, and their own folklore. And though these are often associated with good and virtuous beings, there are those from darker places that often take an interest. This is the tale of the Lincoln Imp. Remigius Lefaycamp, the very first Bishop of Lincoln, looked upon the almost complete Cathedral of Lincoln with his warm, smiling brown eyes. And a smile erupted within his salt-and-pepper beard. The cathedral was built to his design, not because he was looking for fame and fortune or glory, but so he could have a place on earth where he could do all the good works for his Lord Almighty God. He was looking very much to the merry month of May, not just because of the sunshine warming his old bones and flesh, but because that's when the cathedral will be fully complete and it will be consecrated and given its full true name, the Cathedral Church of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It was with these warm thoughts that Remigius found himself disturbed and slightly confused when his monks were calling him to the north side of the cathedral to look at a storm. And that was the strange thing, for there was no damp in the air and no clouds in the sky this morning. So Remigius made his way round to the north side of the cathedral and his eyes followed where his monks pointed and in the north sky was indeed a storm. A storm of thick, heavy black clouds, as dark as pitch, rolling, clapping thunder, and red forked lightning which struck the ground. There was a sense of foreboding from this storm, and something didn't feel quite right, as though it was itself evil. And he was right, for the devil on this day was in a particularly good, joyous mood, and had so let out the demons, the younger demons and devils of hell, to wrought mischief and mayhem all over England, wherever they went. Two little imps, in particular, had impressed the unholy host by desecrating the church in Chesterfield, by twisting its spire, and they made their way northwards and made more mischief there. And now the devil looked upon Lincoln, and looked upon this new building that was tall and majestic. Oh, the devil knew a cathedral when he saw one, and he could also feel that it was not consecrated. And with a victorious clap of thunder, the devil commanded his minions to drive the storm forward, where they will break apart the wooden timbers of this cathedral and grind every single stone to dust. And that this monument to the Almighty will never even have the chance to stand fully finished. Remigius could see that this dark storm 
was gaining speed and getting closer and closer. The thunder was getting louder and louder. The lightning flashed faster and faster. And in between those thunderclaps, Remigius could hear hollering and whooping and shouting and laughing. He had never met the devil or encountered him face to face during his lifetime. But he knew that right now, that is exactly who was behind this storm. Remigius told the monks to help the labourers down from their wooden scaffolds and for everyone to retreat inside within the cathedral. Remigius himself stepped forward to the north and faced the oncoming storm. He raised his hands and began to pray. He prayed and he prayed hard. He prayed with the words flowing from his mouth. He prayed with a flame of faith burning within his heart. He prayed with his soul directly to God and to the Virgin Mary. The prayer was said over and over again, getting louder each time. And yet, the storm still came closer and closer, until eventually the shadow of the storm had enveloped all of Lincoln and was now approaching the cathedral. And that's when the storm stopped, as though there was an invisible wall right in front of it, for indeed the Virgin Mary and Almighty God saw fit to answer Remigius's prayer and blocked it with a wall of wind, Wind so strong, it blew away every single cloud of the storm until eventually there was no dark cloud anymore, no more thunder and no more lightning. It blew so hard that it threw the devil and the demons and devils back to hell, hence they came. Until eventually there was no more feeling of foreboding and evil in the air and the sky was blue once more. Remigius, content that God's work was done, made his way into the cathedral where he joined his brothers in prayer and worship, giving thanks for what has happened. A few days later, something was not right with the cathedral. The labourers had reported on tools going missing, even though they had placed them next to themselves only a few seconds before. And some of the monks had reported being sworn at and shouted at by voices from people that weren't there, and their habits and robes were tugged and pulled over their heads. Even the dean reported being pushed over down the stairs, luckily for him, not breaking his neck. And not even Remigius himself was safe he too heard this laughing and chittering like children, except there were no children around on sight. And he too felt his robes being tugged and pulled over his head, and even knocked down once or twice. You see, as powerful as these winds were from God and from the Virgin Mary, accidentally, two little imps in fact, the very same two who twisted the spire of Chesterfield have been blown in within the cathedral. And even though the cathedral was much bigger than them, they knew they couldn't destroy it in one go. So they set about causing mischief and mayhem in the manner described. And they also tore down tapestries, knocked over candlesticks, grabbed their books from their spines and in the library and threw them down to the ground. 
and these little imps could make themselves known if they did so wish. And these little imps were invisible to the eye, but for the purposes of this story, I will tell you what they looked like. The first was small, and had a furry body, much like a cat or maybe a small monkey, with cloven hooves and clawed hands, and on his wide head he had long pointed ears, like a cow, and horns on each side of his head. He had big buck teeth, and this particular imp was the one responsible for swearing at the monks. The second had the body of a man with arms and legs and a big round belly, but his hands and feet were the paws of a dog, much like his snout and long floppy ears, and his jowly cheeks were like those of a bloodhound or a bulldog. And these two little monsters made their way into what was called the Angel Choir, and they looked upon its beauty and thought to destroy it, and so they start scratching all the wood and then started chipping away at all the stonework. And as this chaos was going on, the Bible within the Angel Choir flipped open a few pages and then a flash of light appeared. And after that, a small host of angels stood before the imps and they commanded the imps to leave, for their presence was not welcome here, and they should leave immediately. One of the imps, the one with the cow-like ears and the horns, was set up on the column between two arches, with his right leg crossed over his left, and he started throwing stones at the angels and started calling them names. Horrible, profane names I cannot possibly say here, because this is a family podcast. And one of the angels looked upon the imp and said, Cast ye to stone. And then the imp was petrified. He could not move. And his body did indeed turn to stone. The second imp, well, it fled the cathedral. But of its fate, well, that depends on who you talk to. For some say that Lincoln Cathedral has lots of wind flowing around it because that's the second imp who even to this day is trying to rescue its friend by wearing down the stone. Some say that the second imp escaped the cathedral and flew all the way to Grimsby, where it caused mischief there. But others say that the second imp escaped the cathedral and tried to rescue its friend, but tired itself out and exhausted itself until, while it was flying around Lincoln, it needed somewhere to rest because it was beginning to drop to the ground. And then it saw a hunchback old lady, a witch no less. And so it set itself down upon her shoulder and hunchback. And here is where the warning of the angels became complete, because as soon as that imp touched the old woman, both the imp and the old woman turned to stone. If you were to go into Lincoln Cathedral today and go into the Angel Choir and look at the north side, you will see between two arches a small little carving of stone of a little creature with its right leg crossed on top of its left with cloven hooves, clawed hands, a furry little body long, pointed, cow-like ears, and horns on each side of his head, and his face caught as if to say, 
foul obscenities. And this is what is known as the Lincoln Imp. Right. Storytelling is thirsty work. Time for a cup of tea, I think. Put on the kettle or crack open your flask. It's time for a drink and a chat. The Lincoln Imp can be found in the north side of the Angel Choir of Lincoln Cathedral. It sits quite settled into the V-shape of the arches from a pillar. Its clawed hands either resting on its crossed cloven hoof legs or holding its right leg above its left knee, depending on your point of view. The imp is humanoid in shape and appears to have a furry body, rather like a cat or a small monkey. Its hands end in tiny claws and the imp's head looks down from above with its cow-like ears and little horns protruding from the side of its head. Described as a grotesque, I find it rather cute, and although it has been described as bearing its sharp teeth, they look rather rounded, almost like big book teeth. And it might look cute, rather than scary, but it seems to have its mouth open, and its little face holds a malevolence as though it was petrified into stone while mouthing off some foul obscenities, which, as the story goes, is exactly what happened. Indeed. It has the look of a child using swear words that belies innocent appearance with its foul language. It looks like a right little sh- So, what is an imp? In the legends associated with the cathedral, the imp is portrayed as being either a minor level of devil or a very young demon. In pre-Christian mythology, as well as the lore that remains outside of Christianity, Imps are tiny magical creatures that love to play pranks and jokes not only on people, but other supernatural entities as well. Coming from the Germanic mythology, the name imp can be traced to the Old English impa, which means offshoot from a tree, or a young shoot of a tree, or simply bud, as in plant growth. Personally, I wonder if the name Impa and its tree association harkens to the mischievous imp as being some kind of tree spirit of some sort, but I'm only taking a guess there. Although this would explain why there are certain legends in Great Britain where some trees are home to such fearsome creatures such as the red cap, for example. Later down the line somewhere, imps were considered a lesser goblin-type creature, and more often than not, were controlled by a nastier, meaner creature, which may have led them to being seen by Christians as being associated with the devil. According to Professor Geller on Mythology.net, it was only with the witch hunt craze in Europe that the imp became associated with witches and their toads and cats. In other words, the idea of the witch's familiar came from the fashion of making the image of imps into talking animals, these being the spirits that kept the witch in communication with the devil. Coincidentally enough, as the witch-hunting craze died down, so too did the reports of imps seem to end also. Maureen James, the author of Lincolnshire Folk Tales, describes the location of the imp in the Angel Choir on the north side, 
as this is said to be the direction associated with hell and the devil. And the devil seems almost obsessed with Lincoln Cathedral. He supposedly haunts a now disused well outside the chapter house. Lincoln legend has it that if on Halloween night you go round it in an anticlockwise circle three times and look into the hole of the well, at midnight you'll see the devil looking right back at you. The devil is even said to haunt the angel choir, where the imp was turned into stone in the first place. And there is also a shrine dedicated to St. Hugh, who became Bishop of Lincoln in 1185. And legend has it that if you pray at his shrine with your eyes closed, the devil would come up behind you. But don't worry though, there was a dip in the shrine that was filled with salt. So if the devil did come for you, you could blind him by throwing it in, into his eye over your left shoulder. And perhaps this is where the superstition of throwing spilled salt over your left shoulder came from. The Angel Choir is also the location for Amidius de Feycamp's tomb. His bones, chalice, pattern, and half of his pastoral staff were found underneath a slab of black marble in 1927. Unfortunately for Amidius, he never got to see the cathedral undergo its consecration, due on the 9th of May, 1092, because he died only two days before. Remigius was interred into a tomb sealed with black marble, but this became lost during the cathedral repairs after a great fire and an earthquake years later. And here's the thing. The angel choir wasn't around during Remigius's time. Remigius oversaw the beginning of the cathedral in 1072, when its foundations were first laid. The cathedral was completed in 1092, but as already mentioned, Remigius died on the 7th of May of that year. It wasn't until the year 1255 that building of the Angel Choir had begun, and it was completed and dedicated in 1280. So, the grotesque that became known as the Lincoln Imp must have been carved during the 25 years it took to finish the Angel Choir. Quite why the imp was carved and put there in the first place, we'll never know. But it has provided the muse for many a story as to how it got there. And the earliest recorded one is said to have been from the 14th century. As the choir was built in the 13th century, it doesn't seem it took that long for the tale to develop. What's more, the Lincoln imp isn't the only one of its kind. Lincoln College in Oxford has its own reproduction from 1899, and there's also a house in Farndale, North Yorkshire, that also has one too. In conclusion, the Lincoln Cathedral website states, The presence of the imp acts as a moral symbol, and is a constant reminder that ultimately good will triumph over evil. And perhaps that's exactly why it is there in the first place. Articles on the imp liken it to the green man figure found in many churches in the country with its foliate face, much like the one that's on the logo of this very podcast. And both the green man and the imp are considered grotesque, and yet continue to fascinate and hint that something other permeates our world. Thank you very much for listening. However you found this podcast, 
please feel free to follow and write a review. And don't forget, the other wood isn't just where I am, it's where you are too. Until next time, take care.